It is Monday, December 5th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who gets most of his culture from yogurt, <laughs> J.P. Welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday. It is a busy two hours ahead as we recap an awful loss in Detroit yesterday. 40-14 to the final score. We'll hear from Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco coming up shortly. The Jaguars defense did not get off the field at all in the game. No punts from the Lions. Eight scoring drives and a kneel down for Detroit. The Jaguars offense had their own issues. We've got Fanatics fan questions, as you would imagine. There were plenty on social media today. We'll go around the National Football League as well. We start today with head coach Doug Peterson immediately after the game on Jaguars radio coverage with Bucky Brooks just outside the Jaguars locker room recapping the loss. It's just, as we know, it's not good enough. It's, it's embarrassing quite frankly. Communication on offense, turnovers on offense, drop passes on offense, you know, uh, can't get off the field defensively. I think eight eight possessions, eight scores by them. You know, what else What else do you say, right? That's, that's, the, that's the ball game. And, you know, we have to somewhere, somehow, with, with a young football team, we've got to figure this thing out. We've got to figure out that there's a level of intensity every single week going into each week, right? And every week's a new week. Every week's another set of challenges. We've talked about this all, mm-hmm. all year. And and that's what we have to understand. And, and um, the Lions are they're a good football team. Don't get me wrong. They're a good football team, and, and they played well today. But they were fighting for the same things we were fighting for. You know what I mean? And and it, it appeared that they wanted it, uh, you know, just a touch touch more than we did. And and um, that's unacceptable by, by all the guys in the locker room. They know that. I know that. you got to get it fixed. That's Doug Peterson yesterday, of course, the archive of Jaguars postgame available on the official Jaguars podcast network. We're live today on 1010XL AM, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and we welcome in Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco, and gentlemen, good afternoon. How are we feeling today? Pete, let's start with you. Oh, I'm feeling great. A lot better than that team's feeling, I can tell you that right now. That was an ambush. They were terrible. And and all the way across the board. I mean, it was just bad. And particularly that defense. And you have a lot of money, and we're going to get through and through it all night, but they have a ton of money invested in that defense. They have a ton of draft capital invested in that defense, and they stink. Okay? That's the only way to describe that defense. It stinks. You know, if you could name one player who played well on Sunday, who would it be on the defensive side of the ball? Luakon did some good things, but that's about it. Right, Tony? That's it? Yeah, I mean, I I think the bigger issue, Pete, is this defense can't get off the ball. They're they're no good on third down, and they they have busts. They have guys – and running wide open at times and guys looking confused in the back half. And, and you, you couple that with the fact that we don't rush the passer. We have nobody who can win up front on any type of consistent basis at all. Um, when you need to, and that's how you get people off on third down, you pressure the quarterback, you force. Now they did some things that led to field goals where they blitzed and, and some good designs. But the, it, when I watch our defense, it feels like there's a bunch of confusion. Like guys are unclear. Um, 
And you add to that, I mean, this team can't play man, Pete. I mean, they are trying their best, rolling out every corner known to mankind. And, you know, these are young guys. I'm not saying they can't learn how to do it. But right now, they're not ready to go out there and play man. Um, So it's, uh, you know... It's and they tough. get lost, and like you said, they get when they get the young guys in there. They on the swift swing pass out oh, of the backfield. They, wide they, open. They, they, I, I watched that. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out if that's Muma, if it's Luacom, like no, somebody. I think, I think it's the corner. The way they played, it looked like they were playing the zone over there. He kind of carried. The, he went with the receiver. He's probably supposed to stay out there. No, I don't think they were in well, man on that play. No, but if you look at Luacom, he is doing spinning cops, trying to figure out where. You know, there was confusion. It was clear. And I, I don't know whose fault it was ultimately, who's supposed to be there, but I know this that the back, you know, swinging out as a check down is not supposed to have 30 yards of grass in front of them. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of issues. I think, Pete, you said it. I mean, this is the side of the ball they've invested a ton of money in, a ton of money. I mean, you think back over the two years, the last two years where they've invested money, they invested a bunch of money in safety with Rashawn, Rashawn Jenkins. So I think he's a good player. I mean, I really do. And I think, you know, he plays hard. There's an intensity about him. They invested a bunch of money in Shaq Griffin, who um, even before he got hurt was not playing great football, not on the field. They invested a ton of money in Khan. They invested a ton of money in the two inside guys, Roy Robinson, Harris, and Fadakasi, and they're not getting a bunch of production from there. Um, and they invested a bunch of draft capital. If you look at the drafts the last three years, they spent two first-rounders, on C.J. Henderson and Chase on, which are basically nothing. You got nothing, zero out of two first rounders. Uh, this year they draft. Uh, they drafted uh, in the first round. They drafted two guys, and one's been benched, and one is. Um, I think he's gonna be a good football player in Trayvon Walker, but he's not a pass rusher today, and so he's he can't really impact the game the way you need him to based on the position he's playing. Um, and then you got Chad Muma, the third rounder, who's now starting because your first rounder can't. And so you look at the investment made on that side of the ball. You forgot the nickel corner. You forgot the nickel corner. Oh, sorry. And then you spend a bunch of money. Ten, I think ten plus million. I, I don't know the exact number. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere on Darius Williams. And so if you look at the amount of money you've spent in free agency and draft capital over the last two years of free agency, three years of the draft, and you have zero return on investment. And that is – it's not just troubling yesterday. I mean, yesterday was embarrassing. Doug said it best. But I'm not going to kill – I mean, it's disappointing because there's so much in front of you. We, it was playing out right how we talked about last week. Beat, Titans are going to get beat by Philly. If you can go win a game in Detroit, you are now relevant in December in the playoff picture. It's right there in front of you. And you set up a huge game in Tennessee. Now, you know, so that's super disappointing, but I think the, the more alarming fact is the investment made it has ramifications on the cap for next year. And, Pete, if we were to do a breakdown right now of, what, like, what this team needs, oh, my gosh, all the investments you made, you have to go replace. You need corners. You need pass rushers. You need, a, you need another big body that can dominate on the inside and get push. I mean, yeah, I mean, like so, like everything, everything you, you invested in, you still need. You still need. Right. I mean, I I tweeted out a picture today. On, I don't remember. I don't know if you saw it. It was it was second and ten from the goal line, and they went to their nickel defense, and they ran Jamal Williams down to the one. Do you remember the play? You had yeah. 
14 million dollars in cap hit on the inside with Roy Robertson, Harrison, Fotokasi from this just from this year getting blocked. You had the two ends doing nothing. You had Muma getting blocked, third round pick, and you had Rayshon Jenkins with a nine million dollar cap hit who was playing the dime linebacker getting blocked. And so he ends up on the one yard line. And so all the money, and you just said it, all the money and draft capital they invested in that defense, do you have optimism for next – if those same exact guys come back next year, is there optimism that they're going to be good on defense? No. Let me ask ask you this way then, guys. Down the stretch here, five games to go. A lot of the younger players you mentioned, the draft picks, those guys over the last couple of years. Those guys can develop over the last five games, right, and get better and, and improve, or is is it almost, at this point, a little too late in this campaign to do that? Well, Like who? That. Like who beside Trayvon Walker? So, okay, let's talk about that, though. In today's NFL with the CBA, you don't practice. How many reps are they really getting on the practice field? That's where you get better, by the way. Like you're not just all of a sudden. I mean, you get you get experience in the game and you get used to game speed and seeing things. So there's there's value in that, but you don't practice. And and that's not, by the way, that's not the coach's fault. That's not the organization's fault. That's not players' fault per se. It's the CBA. I mean, today's NFL, you're limited in how much better you're going to get on the practice field at this time of year. Just the reality. Um, you can do some. You can you you know you can get mentally better and mental reps. But if you look at it. You know, so let's go down each guy, young guy. So Trayvon Walker, what is he? Like, he's a freakish athlete. He's super athletically talented. He's a powerful individual who does not know how to um, rush the passer. It is hard to you, – you you learn things by rep, right, repetition. So you need he needs reps on the practice field, working on technique, hands, counter moves, inside moves, so, you know, so on and so forth, that he then can carry over into the game. So – you know, are you so? I guess should there be a plan to structure practice in a way that you are getting him the reps? And maybe they are. Maybe they're doing that already. I, I have no idea. We're not out there. Um, so Trayvon Walker needs to learn how to rush the passer. He has all the gifts and tools that you want, but he's not a pass rusher. He has how many sacks on the year? Two, one or two? One and a half, okay, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, one and a, one and a half. So I mean, and and he's not getting a bunch of pressure. He got a little bit of push at times. Um, two and a half two against and a half. Detroit. Sorry. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. He got one where he, he got a little pressure when he did a, a stunt coming around. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff like, like that. He yeah, can do that. Good. He's a good athlete. He's a great athlete. Okay, so that's it. Devin Lloyd. Um, it's, learn the playbook. He, uh, he, he can learn the playbook. It's about learning the playbook and playing fast. He needs to learn how to play that position. He needs to understand coverage. He needs to understand his drops. He under, needs to understand his assignments. But here's the question you have. Are you gonna are you gonna pull Muma out to go give him those reps? Are you gonna learn with him on the fly, or is that an off season thing that he just needs time in the in the classroom, and time in you know on the field and, and really walking through stuff and going through and understanding and processing. Again, some, again, sometimes though, it's a process. Again, though, even if he did know the assignments, and he knew he could play, one of them ain't playing. Right. So then that's my point, Pete. Then you go down to Chad Muma. Okay. You know, he they you know last week they were better with them. They got lined up better. I mean, let's I mean break down last week's defense too. It's not like it was a dominating effort. No. Lamar Jackson was awful. Right, he missed wide open guys, and so it's, but they they won the game and he did. They I mean they did what it took to win. So I'm, look, I don't want, I'm not going to take that away. Did Muma look better from week to week? I didn't I didn't think he looked that much better no. yesterday. No. no. So 
So there's there's and then, part and, and, and then and then you got a bunch of young corners, you know, Monteric Brown, which is a sixth or seventh rounder, and uh Tavon uh, uh Campbell. Tavon Campbell. Campbell, thank you. Yep, Tavon Campbell. I mean, those are undrafted late round draft picks that Chris you know Claybrooks? What? Chris Claybrooks is I mean, how many years has he been here now? Yeah, I mean, so like what like you hope, but you know, you gotta, that's time. That's development. I mean, our, and to Pete's point is, and so going into next year, let's just take the corner position. Just take corner. Nothing else on this team. Cause I, I I'm not giving up on Trayvon Walker by any means. He's a, I think he's gonna be a good football player. Like you, like you gotta, and I think Devin Lloyd has a chance to be a good football player. He's a great athlete, but if you just take corner going into next year, how many of these corners are on the roster that you're confident to go in and you can win football games with? Because I don't think, the, in my opinion, I don't think in the building, I wonder how confident they are. Because, I mean, you see them trying everything you possibly can. And when they've gone down to Claybrooks, who's a special teams guy, rolling him out there for meaningful defensive snaps, it tells you all you need to know. They don't have to say anything else but by just what's going on. And so if you look at the corners, how many of you guys do are on this roster that you have confidence going into next year that, you know what, okay, we can go win football games with them. And so yeah, we don't, we don't even have to have the conversation. I think everyone knows the answer there. So it tells you, you got to go find at least one, maybe two corners in the draft and free agency. Well, you just did that. Well, A, you just did that. And B, you just paid two. <laughs> That's my point. You just did it. I mean, like Darius Williams, they can't – like if they wanted to get rid of him next year, they couldn't. He's got an $11 million guarantee contract. you got $12 million in dead money if you get rid of him. They can't do that. I still think my theory on him is right. He needs to go back and play outside. I'm sorry. He needs to play – that's what they should do. Play him outside. The other, he can't play inside. He was outside when he played for the Rams. He was fine when he played outside. And if you, Maybe that's the answer. But if you look at it um, – but they paid him to come be a nickel. That's the problem. You pay him to be a nickel. Now swallow your pride and go move him outside. And I, I like, I, like just because you brought up Darius Williams, and I'm not putting this all on him by any means. You all look at the first two series of that game. We have two great runs, and Travis Etienne unfortunately fumbles. Okay, terrible. That's no good. Not the way you want to start the game. Lions drive down short field. Um, by the way, it's third down or second or third down doesn't matter. They run a slant. Darius Williams has the ball in his hands for a pick. You think that game might be a little bit different if you got a pick there? Yeah, it would have been 33 to whatever it was. Uh, but, no, but, you, but Pete, you know I know. I know. Instead, it ends up being a catch. Ends up being a catch and getting first and goal at the, inside the one. I mean, those are plays you have to make. And he got – there were a couple of situations where he was man up on St. Brown and he got torched. Torched. So – I think he's we an outside got corner, and, I, and he's not a big outside corner. That's the problem. But he needs – I would move him outside and go play somebody, try somebody else on the inside because it ain't working what it is right now. Mm. The way they have it right now is not working. Did not – certainly not yesterday. We've got plenty of time ahead for more defensive We haven't even discussion. talked to the offense. No, we're this about is gonna, to come back. This is going to be a fun show today. These are my kind of shows, JP. This is what we, you, you know why up for. We call out players, we, we evaluate them, and we don't care if they're young players or not. We just call them out like they are. This is the Pete Prisco show today. <laughs> <laughs> 40 to 14, the final score. 
Uh, Lions over the Jaguars. We're back in a moment, and uh, the quarterback and his health a concern after yesterday, too. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We are off and running. What a show it should be. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. I mean, it's just embarrassing, honestly, um, what we put out there. And such a big game for us. And just, I mean, that's the word to describe as embarrassing. Everybody in that locker room feels that way, too. Just to, you know, how, I mean, this is a playoff game for us. And we, co- we go out there and lay down. And, um, I mean, credit to them. Those guys, those guys whooped us. So, um, not taking anything away from them, but just, just the way we came out and both sides of the ball, you know, all three phases just didn't play anywhere close to our best football, weren't detailed, didn't execute. Um, and it's just embarrassing when you, especially coming off a big win, and you come out here and um, lay an egg. It's just can't happen. You know, we've lost we've lost eight games this year, and um, never have I felt like we got embarrassed like we did today. And that can't happen. There's quarterback Trevor Lawrence after the game yesterday. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. And for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. It's Jaguars happy hour presented by Jet Home Loans. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jags social media, which is a buzz today, by the way, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Hey, speaking of the quarterback, an injury update. Remember that play right before halftime? Rolled up, left leg, looked bad for a minute. He came back uh, in the second half, let a touchdown drive. But Doug Peterson earlier today on the status of the quarterback. It's really not the knee. Uh, it's actually the, the foot and the toe area. Um, knee was checked out today. He's, he's good there. Uh, no issues. Uh, obviously sore uh, from, uh, from the hit. But uh, we're still getting some more... Um, testing done on his uh, foot and toe area. Any worry about his availability for this upcoming week? Not sure yet. Um, I don't think so. I think, I think you know, I think things trending in the, in the right direction, but uh, I, I won't have a definite until I get the report later today, you know, on his foot and everything. Well, from a, a disaster of a football game yesterday, that's the best news that could come out of that game, I believe, guys. That, um, you know, the, it, it could have been, been a whole lot worse for the quarterback. So, well, not only that, JP, how the toughness of the kid to come back? Yes. I mean, it, that, I, I think he's a tough guy anyway. I mean, he stands in there and he'll stare down the gun barrel, make the throws. But, I mean, he that that just tells you. I, initially, you, you had to admit, you guys were sitting in the booth. I'm sure, Tony, you sat there and you thought that was goodbye for, for a while. He's going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I thought I – thought... Watching it, I thought it was a knee, and I thought the season was over, and it, that it could possibly impact next year's season as well. Why wasn't that a personal foul, by the way? Wasn't it rough in the passer? Because watch where he starts. He starts it around the waist. Watch when he hits him. He hits him at the right around the waist. Yeah, he hit him a bit. And then he spins yeah, him. And then he goes down. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it would have been, if a little lower, it would have been a personal foul. Bad play by Cam Robinson, by the way. The kid, that's a rookie. That's a rookie six round pick, by the way, who's getting that rush right there. Um, yeah, I, I thought it, I give him credit for coming back. Uh, and that shows you how he cares and he's, he's a tough guy. But that was scary for that franchise right there. Um, yeah, that's, that's the last thing you can allow. You can't let that happen, and it's not a good job by Cam. He, poor technique, drops his back foot. 
Um, and that kid gave Cam a couple issues, maybe two or three. I saw the guy only sure. played twelve. The guy only played twelve snaps, and he, and I think he, he had three, got three, three pressures. Yeah, uh, two pressures and a sack. And he had two sacks last week against against Buffalo. So he's Todd, he's an interesting Todd kid. Might, yeah, Todd Watch might want to pay him a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that, look, the bottom line is the quarterback came back. It sounds like it's nothing to do with the knee. It's a foot, and and he sounds like they're going to be ready to go this week. So it, it just tells you how tough he is. He's a good player. Um, but the offense wasn't good yesterday either. I mean, it wasn't like that thing was cooking either. Well, they fumble on the opening drive, second play of the game, fumble it away. There's drops all day long. I think PFF counted five. What happened to Zay Jones? Three I for Zay him, Jones. by the way. Hmm. Yeah, that one throw into the middle of the field would have been. It might have been a touchdown, and that drop there was big. Because what that would have made it seven seven, right? Right yeah, there. Yeah. Well, uh, well, think about this, Pete. If you if you take if Darius Wyman makes a play and and picks it, and then um, Zay Jones makes a play just catching it. So two catches. If you can just catch those two balls, it's a different game. I mean, I, listen, the Lions beat the hell out of them. So I'm not saying they would have won the game, but it feels different. Like who knows what happens. You know what's amazing, too, Tony, when you look at it? We, we talk about the Lions haven't been good on defense all year. They're terrible. They're, they're the worst in the NFL, 32nd. And and, and you didn't get 300 yards on them. And last three weeks, they've been better. But you're right. They've had a – early in the season, they were historically bad. They were on pace to be the worst defense of all time. But the, the one thing the you, but the one thing you can look at at that defense, though, that you can't when you look at Jacksonville's, they have a lot young players that you look at and you go, mm-hmm, like Akuda. Okay, Akuda had his rough moments, but he's going to be a good solid corner. They have the the linebacker they drafted. He went in and out of line lineup yesterday because I think he's dinged up. The Rodriguez kid. You have yep. Hutchinson. McNeil is a good player. The defensive tackle is a good player. It's his, th- his third year, I think. I mean, the that safety. kid, the other pass rusher is a rookie. The they have guys good. that are yeah. young that you can look at them and say, hey, you know what, JP, those are the ones that are going to get better when they play. They're getting better. And- but, but, Pete, you would, you would argue – I mean, come on. you would. I, I'm not, let's be also a little bit fair here to the Jags and our team. I mean, Trayvon Walker is going to get better. I think he'll get. I don't think he's going to get better and become the uh, Tony. Usually, pass rushers flir, flash as when the minute they get in the league. Doesn't, they might not play all the snaps like he does, but they flash. When when has he flashed a pass rush? I mean, aside a from a power, years. aside from a power move here and there or whatever. A st- when when you you got to go lo- look long and hard to find one. Though. That's the problem. And you watch Hutchinson. Hutchinson didn't get the, what he got to the quarterback the, the one time. He got that sack, but that was a bad assignment, I think, if that I'm not mistaken, right? On Sunday? Yeah, he was un, unblocked. Yeah. So if you look at him, though, he's twisting and using his hands, and he'll bowl sometimes and come. Whereas that's the difference between him and Trayvon Walker. I mean, well, my no, point is, I, I, I'm not, I'm not you, you're the one who says I, you don't I, think he's going to be a pass rusher. You think he needs to go he, play down? You're missing my point. I'm not, I don't think I, I, I've seen nothing that makes me think he's going to be a dominant pass rusher in this league. I do think he's going to be a really good player, though. And your your theory is to put twenty on him and bulk him up and make him a down player. And I think, I mean, I'm not giving up on. I, I refuse 
to ever give up on any rookie rookies after one year. I think it's just too early. I mean, I'm we've seen it too many times. I'm, I'm not giving up on them. There's no, so I'm there's referring no back. I'm referring back to your comment around. You know, the Lions have all these great guys that can get better. I, I think, think the Jags have good guys that can get better too. But I think Devin Jag- Lloyd's gonna be better. I think Moomin's gonna be better. But they also have a lot of veterans that are being paid a lot of money who should be better. Well, the, the I actually the free agency. I mean, if you look at the last three years, because that's how you build your team. Like, look at really over a four-year period. You know, because that's when those draft picks start maturing. And let's just look at it three years. Let's look at you know at that period of time. You've gotten nothing out of your draft defensively. You spent a bunch of draft capital on in that side of the ball, and you spent a bunch of free agency capital on that side of the ball. And the problem I have is is these young guys that we drafted this year. It's too early. But if you look at 2020's draft and you drafted two guys in the first round, neither one's not even on the team. The other one has never been able to get on the field and chase on. What and then you go, and then you, and then you couple you couple that Pete, with what they've invested in free agency on that side of the ball. To your point, and you're getting nothing. You're getting and, no return. And and that doesn't count Malcolm Brown either because that was a last year too. Remember they signed so, him as a free agent. Yeah, Wasn't that did. two years ago? Yeah, right. That's that's right. Hey, um, so get us back to the Lions' defense. Then, how good will this defense in Detroit be in a couple of years? Well, it was still still to be determined. I mean, the, the, they, they, they need to spend they need to spend money on that side of the ball too. They haven't spent any money on that side of the ball, none. So they need to start spending money on that side of the ball and and, and do more drafting over there. I'm just saying, there's some young pieces that you get excited about on that side of the ball. Yeah. Um, they're they've been a bad defense, but Jacksonville was worst defense on Sunday by far and away. Oh, that, not even close. Eight you drives. Know you didn't get the guy never punted. But there is something they can take from going up there and, and losing. It's not the worst loss in Detroit when this t- franchise has ever had. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, was, I, oh, I was part of that one. Drug. That came up on the <laughs> broadcast yesterday. E. That was taking the game in the third quarter. Hey, mercy. Imagine if that happened today, Tony. It would go viral. They took a knee. 44 nothing, Pete. Yeah. Not the worst loss. So they got that going for them. Yeah, congratulations. Let's come back. Plenty more <laughs> ahead. <laughs> Here's some more from Doug Peterson, Jaguars head coach, discussing the uh, defense coming up. Yes, we'll get back to defense. Uh, The guys wanted to go there a little early again. It will be a topic, certainly, because the Jags gave up eight scoring drives and then a kneel down on uh, defense yesterday. And the Lions over the Jaguars, 40-14. to It's time to deck the halls, Duvall. Join us. December 18th as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. We just got to keep playing, keep training, you know, put us in a good position to, you know, move forward. And uh, just got to go, man. Just got to go, man. It's, it's disappointing, you know, especially on the defensive side, man. For them not to punt the ball one time, that's embarrassing. I've never, ever done that before in my career. Uh, and hopefully it's going to be the last. Um, I just got to keep on going, man. Unacceptable. 
Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker in the locker room in Detroit yesterday. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour coming up in the second hour in a little bit. We'll get to social media questions. That's been a busy, busy place today on Jaguars Twitter. Of course, after a 40-14 to loss to the Detroit Lions. Hey, let's uh, continue our defensive conversation. Doug Peterson earlier today asked about Mike Caldwell's first year as the coordinator. Listen, it take it takes time. You know, I can remember back when, you know, I was first time coordinator, and you're trying to you're trying to do a lot of different things, and then you know you realize you you you, you back off just a little bit, and then we've done that. We have we've we've scaled back a little bit, and and um, you know we've got some talented players, we've got some good players, and again as a staff, we're just making sure that you know we put these guys in the right positions. You know, and that's on us to do that. But um, you know, I think Mike's done a done a good job of organizing and 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 really uh keeping things you know keeping things together um but on the same side of that is you know we've got to do a better job of coaching and teaching and making sure everybody understands you know their jobs Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli back with us now that was earlier today from the head coach the defense has been under the microscope I would say after yesterday's game and in all facets we've talked to personnel um, you know, let's hear it from the other perspective too. The 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 play calling, the coordinating of everything. Uh, how's it look from the outside looking in? So, I'm a big proponent on coach's job is to understand the talent he has and put them in the best position possible. And if you see a bunch of guys confused, it's it's only it can be a couple things, and maybe there's other things it could be. But one is you just have players who aren't smart enough or aren't doing the work to study to understand what you're doing or on the flip side as a coach you're doing too much you're asking too much you have too much in there and you need to simplify it and to allow your players to play fast and be in the right position and while you might not be able to confuse the offense you know what you guys put you play fast you make plays and you know and so that's a little bit of philosophical standpoint and when i watch it looks like we have trouble getting lined up at times. We have a bunch of butts of coverage. These guys are wide open. And so to Doug's point, you know, is it, is it the players, you know, is it the players not studying enough, not preparing enough, not enough reps on the field? What, or is it just, is Mike Caldwell asking them to do too much? We're not in there, so I don't know. But it's one of the two. And it's up to the coaches to go figure that out and put their guys in the same place. And then the second thing I want to kind of talk about, we saw Josh Allen there, and then, we heard Doug Peterson say we have a lot of talented guys on that side of the ball. And I love Josh Allen. Let me just let me put my bias out there. I really like – I consider Josh Allen a friend of mine. I like him a ton. I think he's a good dude. But, I, but you, you just – it's hard not to, like, scratch the head is what's happened. He is not getting productive pressure. He's not getting sacks. He's not being disruptive over there. And I think he's a talented guy, and I just – don't understand what's going on there. Like you need guys like Josh Allen, and I'm bringing this up because of him talking. So I'm focusing on him. It's yeah. not just Josh sure, Allen by any means, because he was talking and caught, following up by Doug saying we have talented guys. Well, where are the talented guys when it comes time to make a play? And we're not seeing that, and that's part of the problem here. So often, the good defenses have great players that even when everything's not perfect, and Pete, you know this, they go make plays. They disrupt it. They mess it up. And right now, we don't have our best players 
doing that. Let me ask you this, Tony. Is there, you know, you always talk about the twitchy pass rushers. Are either one of those guys twitchy? I thought Josh Allen was, Pete, but maybe I not. I don't know. I don't think he is. I don't think he's twitchy. And you see, okay, you saw Hutchinson yesterday. He's twitchy. Yeah, you but he has the, no power. Like, no, he, has, I, he, I, needs, I, he needs power. Like, I think it's funny, like, the combination, like, you know, who would you pick? Trayvon or or uh, Aiden Hutchinson, and I was not. I would have never drafted Aiden Hutchinson in the, as the first overall pick. And nothing against take, the kid. I told it, you I would have taken. I would have taken Tivitt. I, I would have taken. Well, I would have taken Aquanu. Oh no, I would have taken Eo or something. Yeah, I would have taken if I was. But if I had to force to take one of the pass rushers, I would have taken Thibodeau. But, but yeah, but he, my point is, so I don't want to. He's I, twitchy. I, He's twitchy. But I don't know. If, I don't know if he's twitchy, Pete. What he has is he has pass rush moves. It's the way his counters. He spins back. He uses his hand. He uses rips. He gets on the edge. Hey, but the six and, round I mean, pick used the move on. Um, the six round pick used the move on Cam Robinson. By the way, that, was the be- that was the best pass rush anyone made on either side. Either he, was the, he was the best pass rusher in the game. I mean, he was the best pass rusher in the game. And, and so, when you look at it from that standpoint. I, I, all the, the guys that you talk about that are being those those pass rushers, the guys you identify, right? You have go throw, Boses, Twitchy, Von Miller, Twitchy. Um, you know, even the inside rushers, like they're Twitchy when they get. There's not that's not who those guys are. But if you, like you always say, if you bulked up and put twenty pounds on Trayvon Walker. He'd be a twitchy guy on the inside, right? For that position, I speak, and, and I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and and I, I actually am a believer in Trayvon Walker as a football player. I really am. I just don't understand for the life of me why you pick a guy number one overall and ask him to do something he's never done before. Or, I don't understand that. Or even, even now, if it's not working, why not play him? I, I mean, he is like – like I'll give you a perfect example. If you look at the pass rush he made where he got that pressure, now he didn't finish, and he's got to finish that in Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the worst athlete on the football field yesterday. you got to tackle him. With that said, go watch that again. He's lined up as a three technique. He has a little bit of a you know hump move. He kind of uh, you know hits the, guy, hits the uh, uh, Jonah Jackson on the shoulder, moves him. And then athletically shuffles to the, you know, moves laterally to the left and gets vertical. It's a really nice play. It's an athletic move because he's Twitchy. a great athlete. Twitchy. Yes, I think you put him inside. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, and he would be a twitchy as hell big player. But as an outside guy, he's not. And maybe, and maybe, he, and I keep on saying he didn't do it in college. Maybe he did. I didn't watch it. Not a lot of it. Game. Not a lot of it. I watched. Uh, it. So I, I want to be fair. I want to be fair to our scouts and the guys who picked him because I, they do a lot, lot more work. Not, no, Tony, you're not wrong. He didn't do a lot of it. He did some okay, of it. I just, it's just, yeah. So, but whatever. But, I mean, but you get, you get my point on the twitchiness of the whole thing, though. Like you talk about Josh Allen. I thought he would be a twitchy. I agreed with you. I thought he. For some reason, between year run, one and now, any twitchiness he had is gone. He doesn't have it now. He was a good pass rusher in college. I don't. I, 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 that one's a mystery to me, and I hope he figures it out because I really like him. And so I'm biased. 
don't you look at those two right now because they're both good football players and you say to yourself, gosh, they'd be really good if they were the rotation guys as pass rushers. Big physical. Yeah, the first rounders, but you can't I do that. Know, but they don't have – you said early in the season you might pick another one. Uh, Pete, this is my problem. Here's my big problem. I'm going to go back, and I, we said this earlier in the show, so if you've been listening the whole time, I apologize, but I think it's a really important point. You've invested a ton on the defensive side in the last three years. A ton. And you're awful. A ton. And and for there's people out there, by the way, blaming Mike Caldwell, because I heard it. Mike Caldwell comes from Tampa. He's first-time defensive coordinator. When you're a defensive coordinator coming over, what does he want to do more than anything, Tony? You know. He wants to play a lot of man outside. He can't. He's stuck with what they have. Well, here's the thing. Now, Mike Caldwell is a good football coach, and he'll learn. I really do believe that. However, at the end of the day, you can't just beat your head against the wall. You can't ask guys to do things they physically can't do. It's funny. It's a funny story. So Mark and I were sitting, Mark Riddell, we were sitting on the field before. We were talking about just football in general. And, um, you know, he's careful. He's a coach. He's not going to tell me too much. We're getting ready to play a game. You know, I work with other organizations. We're just talking in general about the philosophy of football and what you ask guys to do and how you do it. And I was picking his brain about his coaching staff and kind of the evolution they're going through. It was a great conversation. But we started laughing because the topic came is part of coaching is putting your guys in situations where they can excel. And we started laughing because it's really no different than high school football coaching. And we, and we told the, he was telling the story, we were playing and we had this kid playing left tackle for us. who was a great kid and probably is inventing something. He's going to be a billionaire because he's the smartest kid, you know, and he went to USC on some academic scholarship and we're asking him to play left tackle and he against Trinity and he's blocking some kid that's going to be an SEC football player. And the kid was wearing him out and just hitting Jojo over and over. And on the sideline, um, Mark is yelling at me because I'm the offensive line coach and he's calling plays and he's just screaming at me like, what the, and I finally grabbed, looked at him and grabbed him, not grabbed him, but like got really close to him. I said, Hey, stop yelling at the kid. He can't do it. We're asking him to do something he physically can't do. It's not his fault. This is a great kid who's going to be a great person in society, who's going to invent something, and he's a great kid. We can't ask him to do this and block this kid who can't. And I tell that story because it's the, it's the same at every level, coaching. You can't ask your guys to do something that they physically can't do. If a guy can't run and can't play man, don't ask him to do it. Put a safety to the top, play zone, whatever it is. And I think the learning curve here. And Mike Cole was a hell of a coach, and he was he was under one of the best coaches in the NFL in Tampa. And and Todd Bowles, who's now the head coach, who's one of the best defense court minds in all football. And so he's going to figure it out, and it's a learning curve. And I think Mike Cole was probably frustrated in his head because he is envisioned in his head how he wants to play defense. But if you don't have the guys to do it, you can't do it. Now you have to adjust. And now you have to put your guys in situations where they can't have success and you figure it out. Maybe this team just needs to be a bend but don't break, and just keep it. You know, you know when you get into the twenty and force field goals and try to you know limit scoring opportunities and so on and so forth. But that's the frustrating part right now, Pete, where this team is. And you don't. 
you don't have impactful guys on that side of the ball and your best players that you were counting on to be impactful aren't doing it right now. But I remember in training camp, and I know, JP, you're waving the paper, so I know you got to go. But I remember in training camp, me and you had a conversation. We were talking about how they wanted Mike Caldwell's ideal scenarios to play a lot of press man coverage, and they don't have the guys to do it, period. And that played out true. Plenty more ahead on this game yesterday. We'll come back, though, in a moment and get into the AFC South yesterday around the NFL. Second hour coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll get to your social media questions and much more. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and we're presented by Jet Home Loans. And we take a live look at the Miller Electric Center. If you're watching on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, there's a live look outside. A beautiful sunset. What a nice day in the 70s today. The roof of the indoor facility is done, and everything else is on track for next summer to be open and ready for business. 125,000 square feet of space for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, country superstar Kenny Chesney returns to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale now. Don't miss Kenny Chesney's I Go Back Tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini at Daly's Place. For tickets and more info, visit dailysplace.com today. Pete, favorite Kenny Chesney song, go. Favorite what? Kenny Chesney song. You might have heard of it. I, 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 I have no, I have no <laughs> earthly idea. No? I couldn't name you one. Tony? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Kenny Chesney fan. <laughs> You're like going to eat crap and you can't no, name do it. No, I'm not. I, I don't. First of all, I'm the worst, and self-admitted, worst. I love country music. Like, I love uh, Kane Brown. I love... Um, you know, Jason Aldean. I mean, I love country music. I'm the worst at naming songs. Like, I have a playlist on Spotify with, like, all country. If you told me right now, name my favorite Spotify list song, I couldn't tell you. I don't know the names. I couldn't, like, I, I don't JP, know the names. Do you know, do you know a song, Brian? Uh, yeah, She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy is probably my favorite one from 1999, okay, I, the I, old I, school. I, I do like that song. Thank That's you. a great song. Thank you. I don't or, think I, I can tell you that song. Or the name of the tour, I Go Back. That's like the name of the tour. I thought that was a gimmick. Yeah, I, I enjoy Like, I, I enjoy Kenny Chesney. There's no doubt about it because I love country. But he's not my top country act. But, like, sitting on a beach with an adult beverage, is the, you know, sunny out, it's going down and hanging and listening to little Kenny Chesney, that's a good day for me. Hey, you know what it sounds like to me, Pete, is that there'll be seats on the couch at Daly's Place if we want them, because Tony will not uh, be I there. do like I, – I, I, well, no, I like Kenny Chesney. I'm going to try to go to that show. Don't get me wrong. I'm just don't, just I'm just, I don't – I've never been a big country music fan. I love country music. Hey, yeah. going back to the picture you did of the uh, Performance Center, JP, yes. Yes. which is yeah. – I'm so excited for that. Um, um that thing's made excited. some progress, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited and so thankful for you know Shad and his investment, the city's investment, doing this. But when you started talking about the weather and the sunset, you know what I love about going on the road in the NFL? 
it makes me appreciate where I live so much more. And like Detroit's a great city, great, great football city and, you know, good people. But thank goodness I don't live there. I live in Jacksonville. (laughs) (laughs) It is too cold. Oh, my God. It's it's crazy. It's like Jacksonville is the the first coast area. So Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra, Jack's Beach, Atlantic Beach, all those areas is one of the greatest places on planet Earth to live. I I had a uh, it was either a friend of mine or a family member. We were having this conversation a couple a couple days ago, and they asked me the question: Where would you live? If you could live anywhere, where would you live? And I sat there for about ten seconds and I pondered and I said, "I'd live in Jacksonville. If I could live anywhere in the world, I would live right where I am." I love. I, I, loved, I don't get me wrong. I love living there. I'd probably prefer to live down here though. Now, oh, no, that's Pete. great. I, I, love, I love Florida in general. I love South Florida. We visit down there. My wife and I love going down to Fort Lauderdale and uh, South Beach. It's a beautiful area. Gorgeous. Great people. Great culture. Love it. But if I had to choose. Anywhere on planet Earth to live, it would be right where I am at. I mean, I the weather, my preference in weather is better down here. We get those in November. I mean, in January and February in Jacksonville, you get a, little, a couple of those, you know, those dark, dreary days. Oh, I remember yeah. when you walk outside, oh, yeah. and it's like 35 and dark and yeah. windy. And ugh, I hate those days. The nor'easter I, I don't mind every once in a while, though, Pete, having to wear, put a pair of jeans on and a pullover and, and, uh, not very often. I don't want. To, I don't want to do it very often. I'm with you. I'm more of a give me heat, give me sun, give me beach. Yep. Um, that's more me too. I'm with but, you. But, but most I, of them are forty thousand times better than Detroit. Oh gosh, unbelievable. We, we had one and of our guys, Brian McFadden, went to Minnesota to do the game yesterday. He had to do something outside. He's like, we got to go back and do. I go. I ain't going. To, I'm not. Go, I'll go to Minnesota in the summer <laughs> for camp. And unless there's a Super Bowl, I'm not going back there. They're never getting another Super Bowl therapy, you know, no. as well as I do. That was have. one of your that was one of your worst moments at that Super Bowl. I remember when you didn't get in that, that time. When you didn't well, get in, uh, you thought that was, was the one we were getting there was, in. There was five of those, Pete. Yeah, but that one was the one we really thought it was going to happen. Remember? No, Miami. No, that was Miami. Miami was the second. Yeah. Minnesota, then Miami. You're right. Thanks for bringing it up, Pete. It went Houston. It, hey, well, you it know went, why? Went, because went, now we got to start getting Fred in. That's why he's one of the finalists. Mm. That's why. That's, that's yeah, Pete, Pete. I'm with you. We need to get him into the room, and I, I trust that you're doing the same thing you did for me, making the calls, make sure yes. he gets in that room. Yes. I'm gonna make a couple. I'm gonna make a couple phone calls with guys I know as well, because Fred Taylor is just go watch him. One of the greatest running backs to ever step on a football field. It's like last night I watched Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor's a good back, don't get me wrong. Fred Taylor. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, that'll do it. First hour in the books on Jaguars Happy Hour. Your social questions, plenty more ahead in hour number two. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. game like yesterday is unacceptable for anybody you know and, and, and the players are included they understand that and so for me it's not about yelling and screaming and trying to get their attention that way but but still having serious hard conversation you know and and look I, you know I, I want them to understand what's in front of us I mean still five games and three division and you know I mean it's 
crazy as it sounds, we're not out of anything, right? I mean, it's it's still it's still right in front of us. But um, it's my job to make sure that they understand that, you know. And, and you know, as coaches, we gotta. I think I think the more you yell and scream and try to put a lot of pressure and heat and this and that, they they get tight and tense and, and don't play well. I still want them to be loose and play and have fun and all that. Uh, but at the same time, they got to understand that this is a this is a it's a disciplined game, and and we've got to be more disciplined than we were yesterday. That's the head coach Doug Peterson earlier today, and welcome back. It's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour on Monday after a forty to fourteen loss for the Jaguars in Detroit against the Lions. A battle of four and seven teams goes the way of Detroit. The Lions scored on their first eight possessions and then knelt down in their ninth to end the football game. The Lions had only three plays over 20 yards for the entire game, so longer sustained drives, and they controlled the football throughout. Almost 38 minutes worth of possession time. DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown had big days on the Jaguars secondary, to say the least. On offense, running back Travis Etienne lost a fumble in the second snap of the game. Jags really never recovered from there. Drops were an issue all day. Trevor Lawrence seems to have survived a scare on the final play of the first half. Left leg was rolled up. He came back out for the second half and led a long scoring drive to get the Jags back within two possessions. A missed opportunity for the Jags, of course, to get within two games of the division lead with five to play, including two head-to-head with the Titans. There's still three back. The record now 4-8, and eight, and it's on to Nashville, where the Jaguars haven't won since the Obama administration. 2013, five straight against Tennessee now have gone the way of the Titans and nine of the last ten. And that is the state of affairs on this Monday. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli back with us. That about sums it up, I think, Pete. Yeah, I mean, look, none of it's pretty. It was not a pretty day. It just wasn't. I, I Doug Peterson's got to sell that to his players. I get it. And technically they are still alive. But come on. <laughs> You're alive come until on. you're not alive, Pete. Well, well, Tony's I'll got the sweep going into the Titans, so, I mean, he's got that form. <laughs> I am uh, – Doug is handling it right. He has to. He has to keep those guys involved. I love his approach. It's the right approach. But, Pete, you and I can sit here and say, you say it's over. I'm saying it's a 1%. It's a one percenter. But let me ask you this. Is this a meaningful game in December this week? It is only because it's the Titans. I don't think it's meaningful for the overall playoff race yet. They would have to, for them to play meaningful games in December, they got to beat. The, they got to beat Tennessee. I mean, when I say meaningful, it's meaningful to the organization, but meaningful in the playoff race. Right. They, they they have to beat Tennessee and Dallas the next two weeks, which is after what we saw. Oh my, that's. I'll, um, I'll be honest with you though, Tony. I watched the Titans Eagles tape today. Who we they were bad. I mean, their well, offensive actually, line I, the I last two that, weeks has been terrible. I actually think that the matchup against the Titans is more favorable to the Jaguars than the matchup um, defensively than the matchup with the Lions. Because Tannehill, because Tanny, there's no receivers that scare you. They don't have a St. Brown over no. there, no. and Tannehill is not a drop back going to pick you apart. Um, they're a power. They got to run the ball with Derrick Henry, and they've struggled the last two weeks to do that against both the Bengals and the Eagles. So, I mean, there's a recipe out there, and so 
I actually think this is going to be a super close game. Yeah, but history says they won't win it, though. No, but if it wasn't the Titans in our history up in Nashville, I would actually think the Jaguars would beat the Titans. I mean, just based on matchups and everything else. So, I mean, it, it was Tony. It was brutal on Sunday. He got hit nine times. Um, they got sacked six times. They couldn't run the ball. They got no push. They're little. You know, the, the inside guys on that line are little. That Brewer kid's yeah. little. The center's little. The right guard's not a big guy. They they, they got pushed back every play, and the tackles aren't very good. If if Jacksonville's ever going to get any so, – because the Lions offensive line, that's one thing about them. They're pretty good up front. They're good. Yeah, they're but good. They're one good thing game. about Tennessee, if Jacksonville doesn't get any pressure or push in this game, something's really wrong. And so – for, the, for them to have meaningful playoff games, they got to beat the Titans and the Cowboys. And then it would be the Jets, right? Isn't that a Thursday nighter? That's yeah. correct. Yep. Yep. And, that would be, it'd be, and that would be an interesting game because then, you you know, you get the seven and all you need all you, all you need is a Tennessee to lose one more for that next Tennessee game to really mean something to tie up the division. The only thing is what you saw on Sunday gives you no – thought that the, any of that's happening, particularly with the, way no. the, the, with like, the way the Cowboys played Sunday night late in that game. No. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm not even going to get to the Cowboys yet. I, I mean, based on the way they played, but based on the way that both teams played this past week, and if you're looking at the Cowboys, the Cowboys are going to win 100 and nothing. Um, and, and, but but the, the way that history in Nashville is, is tough to overcome. I actually think the Jaguars will win this game. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Are we going to lock that? Come on, Tony. I already did it. I thought I already did. Yeah, well, you locked you one. You locked one of the two. You didn't say which one. But you're now. So you probably think they're going to win at home. So you're going to lock two then. No, don't do that to yourself. I'm not locking it, but I think they. I think they win. I don't. I, I don't think Tennessee's very. I don't think Tennessee's. Very I don't think Tennessee's that good either. I don't think Tennessee's that good either. But there's bad history there. I mean, come on, Tony. How many times did Jacksonville go there with a the better team and got whacked? I'm just telling you what I think. Pom pom waiver. <laughs> no, because if, if if that offensive line is struggling as bad as they are, Pete, and they can't run the ball with Derrick Henry, they can't move the ball. They can't win with Tanny Hill with all their, everything beyond. And Daniel. their defense wasn't very good on Sunday either. I mean, it was just no. it was one of those ga- they got ambushed and they looked bad doing it, and they didn't look great against the Bengals, particularly on offense. I mean, it's not a. This is not a dominant team. If there's ever a chance you can win that game, this would be it. I just don't think they will. Hmm. We'll see. We'll find out uh, this Sunday in Nashville as the Jaguars try to get off the deck and get back up, uh, certainly defensively, against a guy who's over the years hurt them on the ground, obviously. Uh, But, you know, that's the other thing, Pete. We talked about all these new faces the last year or so. It's a new organization, right? So don't worry about the history. Of the, of okay, the, but the history rivalry. from 99 carried over to 2009, carried over to 2019. <laughs> Come on. It's, they just have, they have dominated them. They have their, it doesn't matter who's in the in the uniform. The franchise has been dominated by the Titans. You How do you fix that? You can't hide from that. How do you fix that? How do you change that? Go beat them. Don't tremble in your boots when you see them on the other sideline like Tony's teams used to do. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> That evil Grinch laugh again, Tony, right there. You know, you know what? Part of the part of the thing back in the day was I don't know. I always used to think that you guys tightened up against them, and I don't know why. 
Maybe it was Coughlin. Maybe it was – they did. They tightened up. They were always like loose as goose could be, and and you tightened up against them. You were the better team. There's no doubt in my mind. I'll, I'll go to my grave that 99, the Jacksonville Jaguars were a better team than the Tennessee Titans. Well, and they lost to them three point, times. If you look at the first game at home, we had the it, first and goal. And I think all we need is a field goal. I'm not Correct. mistaken there, Pete. And Tom threw Tom threw yeah. a wet ball into the end zone. <laughs> Why was he throwing it? Oh my gosh, he threw it a wet ball. Brunel, why did you remember? It was the it was raining. I remember. Yes, I remember. And then the second terrible. one was an ambush in a night game, right on a Sunday night. No, the second a- one. No, the second one was cr- the day after Christmas. We flew up there Correct. Christmas Day. Yeah, that's right. And and we could not tackle. Steve McNair, Eddie George, or uh, oh, the tight end who did Mike radio. Mike Jack. Um, uh, Frank White. Yep. It, Couldn't tackle him. Yeah. And, and that was a, and, it was a blo- and Brunel, it was terrible. And Brunel got knocked out with like a concussion, and it was just like it just went sideways. And then the championship game, the sack. I was, uh, I, I was sack hurt. for the safety. The franchise has never been the same since. Did you hear him? <laughs> it was he, terrible. Did you hear him, Pete? Uh, he was hurt. He, he didn't have it. Well, he wasn't in the game. Yeah, no, right. he wasn't. I wasn't it, in the game. But I was not. I wasn't playing. But Leon. I mean, the, that, I mean, my point is, I, I Leon was. I so was the right guard. One of them blew the assignment. No, no. And, I get that, but I'm saying I can't speak to it. Right. I, mean, I wasn't. You were there. I, I wasn't on. Out of. I, I was on. I was in the. I was up in the booth. You were the box. box. You were a luxury box. He was acting like he was some booth somewhere. He was eating. He was drinking champagne. But, but he and... was there. He saw what we saw. You were no different than I was at that game. He was. We were there. We saw it. They after that safety. That was the end. That the franchise was never the same again. Let's be real. They kicked off. Derek Mason ripped the kick. Goodbye. Go not going to the Super Bowl. That's what happened. It hadn't been the same since. Thanks, Pete. It's great, Pete. Uh, we're back in a moment. I did you why the Titans have owned them over the years. We're going to keep it real when we come back because, let me tell you, we haven't done that yet tonight. It's hour number two. We're rolling along. Social media questions around the corner as well. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Star Credit Union. Do good, bank better. We're live on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media as well, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I don't get involved with the game planning. That's not my expertise. Um, but just have, you know, we just got to have conversations and be open, and we've, we've all got to be honest with um, you know, what we're doing and making sure we got the right guys in the right spots. That's Doug Peterson, Jaguars head coach on the defensive game planning. That was after the game yesterday in Detroit. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And it's time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today, a Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi, because let me tell you, we haven't kept it real yet tonight. I think we have. Uh, An hour and 15 minutes in or so. So let's get back to the defense, guys. What's the biggest defensive issue yesterday in the game, and how do you fix it moving ahead down the stretch if you had to pick one? Well, before we get into that, we'll answer that real quick. I got to clean one thing up from the last segment. So, Pete, so I don't want Tom yelling at you and I. It was actually twenty to seventeen when we threw the pick. All they needed, uh, all we needed, was a field goal to send it to overtime. They took a safety, and then they took a That's safety. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so it was 2017. But still, you go to overtime. 
kick the field goal. Well, we just we run the ball on first down for five yards down to the four. So how about we run it again? How we keep on running it? Fred you think? You think? I think we in that year we were number two. We have the number two rushing defense offense in the NFL. What did Brunel throw for that game? Because it was wet and nasty. I remember that was. <laughs> we took, we had a seventeen seven lead going into the fourth quarter. If I'm not mistaken, that might have started the whole real problem with Mark and Coughlin because he called them out after that game. It was not a good moment. It was he called him out moment. publicly. He called Brunel out publicly, where Brunel could have called him out publicly for call, making the damn call. Yeah, that was that was the start of it. That's right. And uh, it, 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 you're right. We were wrong. Sorry, Tom, but you still should have run the ball. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right, we've got that taken that care up. of from 23 years yeah. ago. So uh, how about the defense well, biggest so, issue so, yesterday? So yeah, <laughs> it, those wounds don't heal. The biggest defensive issue yesterday, if you have to pick one and fix it, how do you do it moving down the stretch? I, I mean, I think you got to stop playing it. One, you have to simplify things, make sure guys can play fast, get lined up, and limit your uh, playing man as much as possible. I mean, that's going to fix it in the, in the meantime. But the biggest issue, JP, if you want to really – the biggest issue on Sunday was the fact they can't rush the passer. I can't tell you how many times there was a, a cone around Jared Goff when you watch the tape. You watch the tape, Tony? There, it was just a cone yeah, around. Yeah, how about, how about every time almost? And then he got – and you know what it is? Even if there was coverage at times down the field, he had every opportunity to check the ball down because he could go one, two, three, four, and then check it down. There's no pass rush. There's no push. There's no pressure. He doesn't have to bail. And and so for me, it's pass rush. This league, you can have all the coverage you want. This league is defined by, I don't care. You know, there's always been these new studies about, well, coverage might be more important than pass rush. No, it isn't. And no no football is the coverage ever more important than the pass rush. And so that's that's why I think they have to do something about that pass rush in the offseason as it is now. They're not going to do anything to change things now. Again, I would I would try Devin Lloyd. Tony, Devin Lloyd's bigger than that kid that rushed the passer for um, the Lions yesterday. Uh, he's not as heavy or thick. That Can kid's you, thick, but he's six one or something, and he's but he only weighs. He's listed at two thirty. I mean, but, he's not a big guy. That kind of goes Put back him, to our point, right? Can you do that in the middle of the season, though? Can you move him now? Go. All you do is say, line up and go, go. That's easy to do. There's no assignment. You're a pass rusher. Go. You can do that. Yeah, I don't disagree with Pete. I don't think I don't know if it's as easy as Pete is saying, but in well, general, it's not I agree. easy. But better than not having him on the field and trying not to do anything with him, he does have some run. There was a play on Sunday where he actually made a nice play where he chased down a guy in the hole, got off a block, and made a play in the hole as a linebacker. But I still think that speed is not being used because his head's spinning. Yep, I agree. There you have it. We just kept it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And um, Pete, your case has not arrived yet, right? I know Tony's probably got his all wrapped up and ready to give away his presents. Individual bottles for like everybody on the, on his Christmas list. Hey, can't tell you how happy I'm to be around you this holiday season. Here's a gift. I got it for free, but it looks like I bought it. All the voters. Get one. <laughs> he's Hold done on. with them. Yeah, he's he's there in the real yeah, we're, we're on. We're moving on. <laughs> Come on, Pete. <laughs> 
I'll tell you this: it is not. It's nice not even thinking about that this year. Yeah, but we got to do I mean, we, now. We now it's Fred's time. No, no, no. I get that. I'm all about Fred. I'm glad it's not me for like six years straight. This time of year, all we it's like, oh my yeah, god. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just, I, I just don't think your case was tough because of of the short career. I don't understand why Fred's case is as tough it is as it is. Other than the fact that he played in Jacksonville, and other than the fact that people have their it's reputation, the pro, it, it's it, it's the Pro Bowls and the All Pros not and, having those. And a certain coach used to yank <laughs> him out on the goal line. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, that didn't help either. It did not. We'll come back. Social media questions, and I know you guys are both uh, following that a little bit today. Uh, it, it was quite a scene on Twitter. It after. really was. It really was. We'll get just a little taste of it when we come back for social media questions. We'll go around the league in a little bit as well. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Strain better. What is happening? Strain better. I think they had a simple game plan over there. A lot of play action on defense. A lot of play actions. A lot of you know dink and dunks. Um, if it was, Ryan's, it was pretty – they had some pullers and stuff that we had scouted up, but um, we got to make our plays to, you know, to get, get off the field when we need to, um, have tighter coverages when we need to. I mean, you, whatever you draw up, if you don't execute them, if you don't win your play, you're not, it don't matter. So i say strain better. If you're getting blocked, get off the block, get to the ball. You know, guy makes a cut, got your break, gets to the ball, strain better. Foye Alukan, the Jaguars' middle linebacker, 15 total tackles yesterday. He does lead the league in solo tackles as well after <laughs> yesterday's 11 solo tackle performance. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with CBS Sports senior writer Pete Briscoe and Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli. He's a- by the way, J.P., real yes. quick, he's the best. Right now, if you'd say who, which player is playing the best on that defense, he's the one. Wouldn't you agree, Tony? Yes. Most consistent, best, yes. Yeah. And really started playing much better <laughs> when he didn't have to line up, guys. No, I agree. I mean, I think the Lucons have done a good job. They brought him in here to lead that defense and be the tackling machine that he was in Atlanta. And uh, he's just all a good player. He, they've gotten back, they've got bang for their buck on him, unlike some of their other guys. Let's go to social media. It's been a busy day on Jaguars Twitter, as you might imagine. Salty. Salty. Almost as salty as this program. Uh, We put out the cat signal earlier today. Here's the best we've come up with. Question number one at uh, chap904 underscore chaps. 135 million, three first-rounders on the defense. What's going on in the locker room for this defense not to stop the Lions once? I, I think this is going to be a trend in this segment. Well, I mean, we beat this to death. I mean, they, they, like we said, they invested a boatload of money on that side of the ball and a bunch of draft capital, and it just, for whatever reason, it's not working. When you can't rush the passer, I'm sorry. If you can't rush the passer in the NFL, you're not winning, period. End of story. It's a passer and pass rusher league. You can talk all you want about running the ball and playing good defense, run defense, everything else. If you can't rush the passer, you're not winning, period. So we just heard Foyer Lewick in there, guys, right, Tony, like talking about strain and get off blocks and make plays and all that. I mean, is that a, is it a locker room internal thing? Guys, just not doing enough. Um, are they not doing enough? I don't. I mean, it's a. I mean, when you say not doing enough, I don't 
I guess my I guess where I would go with that, JP, is and I, I know what Lucon is saying, and it makes sense. But the and it's so it's it's a combination. I think what he's trying to say is guys got to go make plays. Like the coaches can only call so much. I mean, they can call defense, but at the end of the day, it's about execution, and you got to go execute um, your assignments, and you got to play fast, and you got to you got to win. I mean, I've said it before on the sh- on the show. At the end of the day, football is about beating the man in front of you too. It's not all about schemes. You got to have good schemes. You got to have good coaching. Yet, but it comes down to players making plays and winning. And we don't win enough, and especially in the pass rush. But Tony, one thing though, Roy Robertson Harris and Fadakasi looked like early in the season they were going to be dominant. Somewhere along the way, that changed for both of them. And I know didn't Fadakasi get hurt? He got hurt at yeah, one he point. He was dinged up early in the yeah. season. Yeah, but. There, I mean, there were plays on Sunday, and if you watch the tape, you know they were in the four, five, three, four, five yards off the getting blown off the ball. I mean, they were getting handled, and yeah, it's it, been I that mean, way for a while. Remember, remember Roy Robertson Harris, what he did to Quentin Nelson in that game in week what was that week two? We, that guy yeah, has no. that guy hasn't been around since then. That game no, he had, no, he had a sack, he had two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and three total tackles that week, Roy Robertson-Harris. I, I don't know what's happened to those guys. And, and I thought they were going to be – We at one point you thought the interior of that defensive line was going to be the, the strength of that defense. I did, Pete. <clears throat> There's no doubt about it, and it, it has not come to fruition. Next. I mean, you look at – I mean, you look at the defense right now, they are – 28th in pass defense and about 13th or 14th in rush defense. And so, you know, they're middle of the pack. They're an average rush defense team, but their big problem is they can't get off the field. They're bad on third down and, and they can't defend the pass. And that goes to my point of you got to win. And the way you stop the pass is you win in the pass rush. You, you pressure the quarterback. You get him out of rhythm. You get him uncomfortable, and we don't do that. Look at that. Passer yards, 29th. Third down, 29th. Red zone, 24th. I mean, my gosh, points per game, 27th. It's, it's a bad defense. Let's move along. Next question on social media today. Yep, at Carson J and a bunch of numbers. How many players do we have that are top 10 at their position in the league? There are certain positions that are a critical need, but don't we have an overall lack of top talent? So here's a good question at the top. How many players on this team are top 10 at their position in the league? I have one. One. None. None. I have one. Who, Tony? Who? Christian Kirk. He's a top ten receiver in the league. I think he's close. I, I I don't get me wrong. I love him. I think he's he's lived, talk about somebody who's lived up to the to the money. He's lived up to it. So he's you're cl- right. He's close. Etn would be close if you made a if you looked at it at the running back position. He'd be close. Yeah, and I would Lawrence, say there's, and Lawrence there's, there's Trevor only, Lawrence only, before Sunday only, would be pushing fifteen to twelve. But top ten. They're the only ones you can make a case. You know, the the right guard that they paid a boatload of money for? He hadn't lived up to the expectations either. I'm sorry. He's been okay. He hadn't been dominant. There was a play on Sunday. Ali McNeil took him and smashed him. Do you remember that play, Tony, with his right arm and threw him to the ground yeah. and made a play? 
I'm like, wait a second. That's the guy they. That's the guy they paid all that money for. Uh, but that's that's one play. I don't. I don't. Okay, but he has, he's play. been okay. He's been okay. He but like, been I would say there. I would say there's two. If I was, I, I mean, Travis Etienne is tenth in the league in rushing. Right. When it comes to running running backs, and then Kirk. I think there's only two. And, about- okay, let's spin it forward to next year. How many of those same guys are going to be top? Can you say will be top ten next year? The quarterback will be. I'm sorry. I'm 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 on that train. He'll be top ten next year. ETN will be as well. Kirk probably will be in the conversation. How about anybody else? Anybody else? Do you see anybody else? Any of the offensive linemen? Can Fortner be a top um, ten center? I think he has potential to be that. Um. Well, you'd like Cam to be it, but he's not. You know. He's not. You've come off that. You've come off that. You had him top five tackle before the season. You've come off that one in a big way. He's still. He's, he's still top half. Um. <laughs> now you've lowered. It used to be five, and then it was ten, and now it's top sixteen, seventeen. Well, I mean, you just, I mean, the, the hard part is you look at you probably take both those tackles on Detroit before any of our guys. Yeah. It, Decker's better than him, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, so yeah, um, a- you know, I, I, you know, I'm biased to my Jaguar tackles. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, next year, um, Etn, I think will be. I think Trevor Lawrence will be. I think Kirk um, has a chance. Maybe Ridley. If Ridley comes back to the player he was before he got out for two years. Um, is defensively, Alu- is Foyer Luke in that? Middle line you know, Lukon's probably I, – I think Lukon right now you would say is a top 10 middle linebacker. Inside linebacker. Yeah, he's in that group. Here, By the way, yeah. just when we're talking about the left tackle, from former Jaguar Leon Searcy, exactly the reason why you don't pay an average talent elite money to protect the face of a franchise quarterback. Season is over. <laughs> Damn, Leon. Wow. Coming in hot. <laughs> Ooh, Leon. Ooh. Uh, let's move along. Social media <laughs> continuing. Next question. Oh, uh, here we go. At Leland Merritt, how do we fix our pass rush? I'm not sure how much more we can invest in it. Nothing seems to be working. Uh, we've talked this one to death today, but uh, it is the question on a lot of people's mind. Here, here's something I want to ask. Who is the last twitchy pass rusher the Jacksonville Jaguars have had? Oh, wow. Uh, Ngakwe. Right? Right, he was, but he couldn't couldn't play the run. Well, you didn't. <laughs> Clay Campbell was a good, good pass rusher, but 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 I'm from the edge. I'm talking from the outside. I'm talking about. Well, let's talk about the history of this franchise. Brackens. Brackens. <laughs> I mean, and it. think about the pass rush bus that they've had. That's been a position of major bust for the organization. You talk about Harvey. Yeah. Uh, chase on um, Fowler. Would you consider? Would you consider Fowler a bust? Yes, for them he was. He's exactly. still playing. I was asking. Yeah, but for them he was a bust. Where he was taken, he should be. He should have been a dominant pass rusher for them. Yeah, he's, I mean, let's not forget he was taken fifth overall. Right. Hey, he tore his knee up on so the how first many, day. How many remember? top ten pass rushers have they taken in their history? A lot. Yeah, uh, was Eric Harvey he, top ten? Yeah, yeah, he was tenth, I think, or ninth. 
What was Chason wasn't top ten though? No, so he, was he in doesn't the 20s, count. But yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, that's a lot of draft capital in a position that still isn't fixed. Yep. You're correct. You're correct, Pete. You are correct. Uh, let's move along. Another social media question. Uh, okay, at Dr. Cliffy, no question really can uh, just can someone say something to make me not feel like this anymore? Pete and Tony can't say 16, even though that's the answer. Well, that's the, that's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. It's the only answer. I mean, and let's defend the head coach because I do think he's a good head coach. And I think he's going to be a really good head coach in Jacksonville. I mean, did I love the two-point play? Of course I didn't. But. <laughs> but, come on, Pete. They had it worked. Two, what are you talking worked, about? Pete. They got within two oh. scores. You had to do it. Hey, football. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I love that play. More lateral, we would have had a goofy play. I mean, come on. It worked, though. The Jacksonville special. That's his version of the Philly special. Yeah, that's it. But play football. Come on. That is football, Pete. Okay, if you really love that play, you really love that play. You save it, you save it for two-point play when you're down 16. <laughs> and now it's on tape. Okay, but wait, you pull that play out once. You see, you, you see where I'm coming from with that play? Am I wrong about that? I think it's fine, Pete. I think you're over-dramatizing yeah, I think, the whole I think, thing. I think, I think, I think you're not thing. looking for things. To no. Yeah, okay, if that play is so picking. great and you're going to use it as a special play, do you use it when you're down 16? Well, yeah, because if you if you, you score there and you get a stop, oh, now you yeah, stop they were, The game wasn't over, Pete. If they get a stop, stop or two, it. Tony, Tony, he can't even say it with a straight face. Look at him; he's bowing his head. You're bowing your head. You can You know what's funny? I can tell you agree with me one hundred percent, and JP's got to jump in to save it. Let's no. move along. I Social. Think I think you're being a little bit overly critical. There. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, I, I'm a big okay. I say it for every coach, just play football. I get it. Once in a while, you come up with your gimmick play, but if you're going to save that gimmick play, you don't use it when you're down 16. Well, if you don't use it, then you might not get to it, Pete. They might use, use it just it to get in the game. game where you need it. They can JP, use it again. The game where you need they it. They needed it right there. They can use it again later. Who says they can't call it again later, Pete? talking about who says they can't use it again? okay well listen first of all I, I, i'm gonna make a motion stop the conversation why are we even feeding the beast that people are on this I right don't now know, but he is he is uh he is yeah he's all i don't it. agree the majority of fans would agree with me too well right now they would agree with anything against the jaguars after that performance yesterday Look, I don't love the play, period. But if you're gonna, you have a play like that, use it in a situation where it's gonna matter. It was never gonna matter in that situation. They got him within two scores. Let's move along to social media question. The next one at Richmond Marauder. Love the show. I was wondering what Tony and Pete's opinions were on Cam Robinson, more specifically on the hit on Lawrence. Tony knows. Uh, I mean, Cam, I mean, Cam Robinson is a solid left tackle. I think, I've always said I think he has the potential to be a top five left tackle because of his skill set and his talent and athletic ability and everything else. But he has some bad habits, and, and uh, we've talked about him before. And one of his bad habits is he drops that back foot at times, and he did it there. And you give a soft edge, and he missed. He missed on the punch. And you know, a combination of some bad footwork and missing on the punch 
leads to the quarterback getting hit. I, I don't blame Cam Robinson for, you know, a possible ugly in, injury that, thank goodness, did not happen. It's football. Cam Robinson was not trying to get Trevor Lawrence hurt. No. Um, the other guy wasn't trying to hurt Trevor Lawrence. It happens. Um, guys get rolled up on. Guys get hit low. Guys get hit high. And guys get hurt in this game. Um, I'm more concerned. I'd be more concerned about Cam Robinson breaking some bad habits because he's a dang good football player, or he has the ability to be a really, really good football player. He's a solid football player at left tackle, and uh, I just hope that he continues to work to work on his technique and continue to get better because he's are going to be our left tackle for a while here, and uh, he's an important piece of the puzzle. And he and he hasn't played poor. You know, let's not no. say that he's been he's been solid this season. He's been a solid tackle, um, but again. It's a lot of money for a solid tackle, so you got to look at it from that standpoint. But if you don't have him, what do you have there? Walker Little? I mean, come on. Well, you drafted, you drafted him in the left tackle with the hopes that he could be one of the two starting tackles, and he hasn't been able to win the job at either one. And well, he hasn't. Again, and, again, we go back and to he the draft. And he hasn't, you know, and then your starting left guard gets, you would think if you had a stud tackle, couldn't be at the other ones, he'd be able to shift down and could play guard and be a big body in there. And he can't beat up Shatley. Shatley's a better guard than him right now as well. We move along. A couple more questions remaining from Twitter today. And this is at DTWD2882. Why does it always feel like this team takes a big step forward and then almost immediately after takes two steps back? What's it going to take to consistently turn this around? Uh, they're a, a young, young team. team. Young team. Yeah. It's a young team. That's what happens with young teams. They don't, you know, and the, they don't know how to win consistently. They know how to win at times, and then they don't know how to stay on an even. They get too high, and then you get it too low, and now you got to come back up again. That's what young teams do. It's, it's not just Jackson. It's young, no, it's a young team, and I think it's a team that has some talent deficiencies at certain positions that are critical. Rushing the passer and covering the pass. That's a bad combination. <laughs> Let's move along. One more question. This way, if they were good on defense, they're good enough on offense to move the ball and be. A, if they were like a, had a top ten defense, they'd be a playoff team. Without, well, I mean, I think if they had a, t- a top fifteen defense, they might be a playoff team. Yeah, good point. Our final question now from social media today. At Coach Ripley, one, after playing their worst game of the year and now a potential quarterback injury or not at 100% at least, how do the Jaguars rebound against an opponent who has made them look as bad as anyone over the years and the Jags haven't won in Tennessee since 2013? So, yeah, this is to rebound against the Titans. That's uh, that's quite a task. Well, I, I think Trevor will be fine. I think Trevor will play. I think you will not notice anything major about his performance from the foot and toe injury that Doug talked about. Um, the big question is, can they stop Derrick Henry? Because that has been the Achilles heel of this team. Ever since Derrick Henry's been there, he has run rough shot on this Jaguars defense. And so that's the big challenge. you got to tackle him, and you got to minimize his impact in the game and force Ryan Tannehill to beat you. I mean, look, go show that you're – you know, the, the one thing is – you know the Titans, they're a bully. They're tough. They're physical. Go bully them for once. Go take. Go beat, push them around. Do they have the, the personnel to do that, Pete? No. <laughs> Even their offense isn't a bully offense. It's it's You know what I mean? They, they get them out in space. They run ETN in space. They spread people out. They misdirection. 
And uh, yeah, so no, they're not a bully team. So, uh, but to your point, uh, four of the last six games that uh, Henry's played, he's gone over a hundred yards on the ground against the uh, Jaguars. So, and I think uh, a, I think a couple of those games, uh, JP, he's been over two hundred. Yeah, correct. That's correct. Two of those two 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 hundred two two hundred yard games against them. That's correct. Uh, that is correct. Uh, and you can see, you can just close your eyes and envision all those guys getting shaken off of him as he's running down the sideline, like he's twenty eight and they're fourteen. You know what I mean? Boom, boom, boom. Was it Boye twice? I mean, Somebody was twice. But I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you one thing though. He hasn't run like that the last two weeks because he hasn't. He, he can't get his feet going. You know how he is. If he if feet start chopping, he's he has problems. And they've been in the backfield. That's what you got to do. You got to get penetration against him, and he's not the same guy. There you have it. The social media fanatics fan questions are in. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We'll go around the NFL, the AFC South as well when we return. It's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour coming down the home stretch on Monday after a 40-14 to loss to the Lions in Week 13. Jaguars head to Tennessee this week to face the Tennessee Titans. Let's take a look around the AFC South games from yesterday in the division. You know, and it was right there for the taking for the Jaguars. That's the frustrating part of this thing. The Browns had three return touchdowns, two on defense, one on special teams to beat the Texans 27-14 and Deshaun Watson's debut with the Cleveland Browns. That was in Houston. The Eagles and the Titans. This was the one we were all watching, and A.J. Brown had a huge day against his former team. Hurts back, pumps, looks. He is floating it deep for A.J. Brown, who has it, he took it. and he scores! A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery. And scored his second touchdown of the game. I'm telling you, they got to get these boys in the weight room. A.J. <laughs> Brown, the ball is, this is really good coverage by Avery. But A.J. Brown's cool and calm, and he just reaches over his back, takes the football away. He certainly did. That's Merrill Reese and Mike Quick on Sports Radio 94 WIP in Philadelphia. And what a day for the wide receiver turned eagle. Like I said earlier, watching that tape, man, I'll tell you what, the Eagles did whatever they wanted to do on offense, and, you know, Hurts had guys open all day long, and on the other side of the ball, they just dominated him up front. Bad performance by the Titans. The Colts hung around for a little bit, but then the Cowboys blasted them in the second half after I went to bed. It was 54-19. to 19. My gosh. It was, was it, 33 nothing in the fourth quarter? Unbelievable. I mean, Unreal. They just t- 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 kept what happened? turning it I, I, over. I, I, I fell asleep. <clears throat> they kept turning it over. They had a, a, a pick six, a fumble return. I mean, it was just, oh, it was so bad. It just kept happening. And you, I mean, the Colts hung around in that game for a while, put a little scare into them. But that was, you know, they just once it started, it didn't stop. Colts stink. Take a look at the AFC South standings, and you'll find the Colts still in second place. Tennessee at seven and five, Indy four eight and one, Jacksonville four and eight, Houston one ten and one, and there you go, five to go. And that's why it was such a missed opportunity, of course, yesterday because the Jags could have been within two games with five to play. They're still in it technically, three games back 
with five to play. You know, if it wasn't for the NFC South, it'd be the worst division in the NFL. Yeah. It still might be. I think, I think it's worse. I actually think it's worse. Yeah, it is worse. Even though they don't have a team with a winning record, it's worse. Because Tampa Bay is probably better than Tennessee or as good as. The Colts and the Saints or the Colts and the Falcons, they're the same. Jacksonville, they're all, it probably is worse. Because the Texans are worse than the Panthers. Not by much, but yeah. they're worse. Let's take a look at some other games uh, around. Yeah, yeah, the Panthers are four and eight, Pete. They're a lot worse. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're yeah, worse. It's a bad yeah, division. It's the worst division in football. Didn't they drop Baker today? The Texans too? are. Yeah, they cut Baker. Yeah. Uh, the the Texans are one of two teams that have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. Can you name the other? Uh, let me think off the top of my head. It's a good question. Yeah, it is a oh. good question. I've got, I've got it. I think I've got it. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's going to be our first uh, radio hit coming up here as the Packers can't lose at Soldier Field, apparently. Yep, it is. Chicago Bears eliminated from the playoffs. We'll get to that call coming up in just a moment. But, yeah, the Bears. The Bears are out. Goodbye. I guess we're not getting the call from yeah, Wayne Larravee. Yeah, I fouled that up. Yeah, that's that's not going to work out right now. But, we're not uh, getting Wayne Larravee. Oh, look yeah. That's pretty much it. Good job. Way to go. I remember Wayne Larrabee when he used to do Colorado football games way back in the day. Oh, wow. How about that? JP's got nothing for us, does he? Don't I got nothing. No, I've, I've, I've lost no. it. I've lost You're stuck. It. Sorry. Yeah. By the way, the Packers are still alive, barely. Look at all, how many teams. Are, look at all the teams that are barely alive. Like Jacksonville, barely alive. The, and the whole South, barely alive. And the other South. NFC South. I mean, it's just there's some bad teams in the NFL this year. Packers beat the Bears, by the way, uh, 28-19. That was a Jair Alexander interception we were going to hear from Lane Larrabee on the Packers radio network. Vikings over the Jets, 27-22. Commanders and Giants tie 2020 after overtime there. And the Seahawks and the Rams. The Seahawks go ahead late. Geno takes the snap. Four-man rush. Got a half roll, throws back inside, reaching up, making a catch, touchdown, Seahawks! Are you kidding me? It is DK Metcalf. Ramsey was all over him. DK puts those big mitts up and says, that ball is mine. And the Seahawks take the lead, 26-23. What a dart thrown by Geno Smith. I love that it was a matchup between DK and Jalen Ramsey, because you have to say Jalen Ramsey had him covered, but he was not able to keep DK from making the catch. That's Steve Rabel and Dave Wyman on Seahawks broadcasting over Jalen. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it was good coverage. He used to make the play. He couldn't get the, the play on the ball. But here's the other thing. Geno Smith leads the NFL in completion percentage. Geno Smith is fourth in touchdowns. Geno Smith is fifth in yards. Pete Carroll has the last laugh. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a guy who uh, who let Russell Wilson go, and everybody killed him for it. And Russell Wilson's terrible right now. The uh, yeah, not very good. So, Pete, right now, the season ended today. We would have the Jags to the fifth pick in the draft. Oh wait, wait a minute, Tony. This is way too early. The Jags are still alive. What are you talking about right it's now? It's never. It's well, never no, came off. What is? No, the, I thought we I'm had a. Bring that up because guess who would have the third and fourth picks? 
two teams that traded away those picks for quarterbacks, the Rams and the Broncos. Yep. It's incredible. Wow. It's incredible. I mean. Is that, does Nathaniel Hackett make it to next year, Pete? No. I don't think he does. Let me ask you this. What about you watch golf on Sunday? If you're the Lions and you have that pick, do you draft a quarterback? Yes. Yeah, you have to, right? You have to. I would I would draft a quarterback. I, I don't know who's out there, but I think it's a pretty deep quarterback draft. It's not a great um, quarterback class, though. Well, then if it, I would only – then I wouldn't draft one. I'd only draft one if I felt like he was a franchise guy. And I would draft him and tell him, tell him and his agent, you're not playing no matter what this year. You, you, there's nothing you can do to win the job. And I would say – and i tell Goff and his agent, it's your job. Because I think um, the Lions with Goff next year have a chance to be a playoff team. I agree. I agree. So you handle it like the Chiefs did when Alex Smith was there. Same thing they, the Bengals did when they drafted Carson Palmer back in the year, yeah, years yeah. ago. So that's what I would do. 49ers over the Dolphins, 33-17. Garoppolo's done for the year, though, for San Fran. That was bad because they, they were rolling. They were going to get on a roll, and now they have Mr. Irrelevant starting at quarterback. He was the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. And you know what? He played well, and Kyle Shanahan will make it easy on him to play quarterback. So uh, give me a little background on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is um, his parents, his mother is um, my wife's, uh, some of the, one of her best friends growing up. So Brock Purdy's grandparents are my my in laws' best friends growing up. He grew up, you know. Isn't he his from Arizona? Isn't, right isn't he from Arizona though? So his, his his parents moved to Arizona from Southern California before he was born. So he grew up in Arizona. But my Angie, my wife, grew up with his mom, like like that's funny. very close. And their parents, yeah. And uh, my in laws are still very close with Brock per- uh, Brock Purdy's grandparents. So. My uh, wife was very excited that Brock Purdy played well and got the you know and had success. So it was a, it's a great story. I, I read somewhere, Pete, maybe you can. I think this is right. First, uh, first quarterback, first player to be Mister Relevant, last player picked to ever complete a pass in the yes. NFL. Yes, Chad Kelly played for a snap and never threw one, and now he plays in Canada. Remember him, the kid from. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a great story. And, and the only problem I had with it, the kid grew up in Arizona and he didn't go to ASU. That's the only problem I have with yeah. it. Well, yeah, maybe they, I don't think they recruited him. I think he, uh, if I remember right, I don't think they offered him a scholarship. That's why he the brother, he's got a brother that plays at Nebraska now too. Yeah. Who got, he started at Florida state and then transferred to Nebraska. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool story. You know what? He played well. You got to give him credit. Bengals. Well, if you go back and watch him at Iowa State, and I, and I know this because I, I followed him, he's one of the most competitive kids you'll ever see. He so, really like, is. there'll be no moment, there'll be no moment that's too big for him. No, I, I, I can't wait to watch him against. You know, who he plays next week, Tom Brady. Oh wow! <laughs> now, yeah, that's interesting. There'll be like, I mean, he's limited. I mean, his size and, and yeah. his arm strength and yeah. everything else like that. But he's a, he's a smart kid, and he is, and like you said, Kyle Shanahan will put him in positions. With that defense, his defense is so good. Like, just don't turn it over. Be smart with football. He said his comment today or yesterday was, uh, "He's been playing football longer than I've been alive." That's <laughs> the NFL. crazy. 
amazing. It's true. Bengals over the Chiefs 27-24 and the Raiders over the Chargers. Quick look at the AFC playoff picture through Sunday. Division leaders, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans. Wild card today will be Bengals, Dolphins, Jets. There's a handful of teams in the hunt. In the NFC... I don't see the Jaguars on that thing anymore. They're, they're not on. I didn't put them on. I didn't have enough room. Um, the uh, NFC, Philly, Minnesota, San Fran, Tampa Bay, one through four division leaders. Wild card, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks, a handful of teams in the hunt there. There is one more game left, and it's Monday Night Football. It's a battle in the putrid NFC South. Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints at 4-8 and eight, head to Tampa to face Tom Brady and the somehow first place Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 5-6. and six. Who you got? Fire the cannons. I think it's going to be close. I think Tampa will win, but I think something about New Orleans that always gets underneath Tom Tom uh, Brady's skin. They play him tough. They shut him out in Tampa last year. I think it's close, but I'll take Tampa by a smidge. Smidge. Well, and Tampa just can't score points offensively. I don't understand it. Well, I mean, last week they had the running back average almost six yards a carry. They didn't give him the ball. He, had, he only had like ten carries. I know what they do. Byron, call some runs. All right, guys. Have a great one. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, an eventful program, I'd say, on this Monday after a 40-14 to 14 loss to the Lions. Joe Fortunato on audio, Brent Reber on the video. For everyone involved, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.